Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 17th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, on Sunday, <laughs> Peter, James, oh and Michael had uh, uh, their episode of This Week on Broadway. And the theme for this week was the best and worst titles of shows. Um, mm. so, so they have everything from like sixth finger in a five finger glove to, oh God, to yeah. a Bernadette <laughs> Peters show that closed out of town called This Is Goggle. Um, <laughs> sure. But then they get into some things that are good. They talk about Anything Goes being a great title. West Side Story, which was actually changed from something else. Do you know what the original right. name of West Side Story was? It was something with gang in it. I know that. That's correct. Gangway is what yeah, it was called. Yeah. Then I, I need to go back and listen to what their thinking was on this one. Um, the roar of the grease paint, the smell of the crowd. And I understand that those things are reversed. You normally can smell right. grease paint and you yeah. hear the roar of a crowd. Uh, but I'd, I'd be interested to hear their, their thoughts on that. And then um, the show Drat the Cat, which had originally been called Cat, the Cat and Mouse. So some very good conversations. I'm a little That's disappointed good. in the show notes here as I'm looking through what shows they talked about. Was their title of show? That's the thing. If you're going to have ah, an episode see? about the best and worst titles nah, of shows, gotta I feel title like show. yeah, you have to t- at least start with title of show because it is, I think, the an example of the best and worst because it's a yeah, exactly. super clever title in the context of the show, but it's super awful when you're someone like Jennifer Ashley Tepper writing about it in a book right. because she has an Amazon review that she will plop up occasionally um, that said what terrible copy editing her first book had because <laughs> someone forgot to put the title of the show and the placeholder bracket title of show yeah i think certain sites and like cmss have problems with it too where it just won't show up so best and worst for a lot of reasons but yeah that has to be on the list come on yeah um also tomorrow for tomorrow's episode we will have a very very special episode uh here in the annals of broadway radio it will be uh for all intents and purposes a series finale oh hello Hello, Alexa. Alexa (laughs) decided to jump in on that one. Uh, Or no, that was Siri. I'm sorry. Uh, But it will be a series finale, a Broadway radio series finale in your feeds tomorrow. Of course, you can get that before anybody else. If you head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. And of course, if you would like to participate in the This Week on Broadway discussions, as many people did on Sunday, you can get involved with that there. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. And unfortunately, we have to start today's show with the passing of a legend, nine-time Tony nominee and two-time winner, lighting designer Hal Binkley. He died on Friday at the age of 64 after a long battle with lung cancer. He is survived by his wife, Joyce. Binkley burst onto the Broadway scene, designing the lighting for the original Broadway production of Kiss of the Spider-Woman back in 1993, the first of his, unless my counting is bad, which is very possible, Mm. it was the first of his 49 Broadway shows, including two productions of How to Succeed in Visits Without Early Trying, Parade, The Full Monty, Avenue Q, Xanadu, In the Heights, the 2008 revival of Gypsy, the 2009 revival of West Side Story, Million Dollar Quartet, 
Come From Away, Ain't Too Proud, and many, many more. He Pretty won. Great list. Yeah, and he won his two Tony Awards for two shows that really redefined and reshaped the industry, Jersey yeah. Boys and Hamilton. In addition to Broadway, he has worked around the country and North America, including in Toronto, at the La Jolla Playhouse, the Guthrie, the Goodman, and many times in Washington, D.C., having won five Helen Hayes Awards in the nation's capital. There was a tremendous outpouring um, of love and support um, for Hal Binkley when the news of his passing was announced, including from Lin-Manuel Miranda, who tweeted, quote, Hal. Thank you for Benny and Nina's Sunrise. Thank you for Hamilton's Hurricane and Burr's Self-Made Walls. Thank you for Mm. sculpting in light and elevating every moment you touched. Where will I hide now, if not at your tech table? I miss your smile (laughs) and kindness already. Rest easy, pal. So our thoughts are obviously with everyone who loved Hal Binkley, both personally and professionally. And, you know, the one slight um, silver lining, Ashley, is that People will now be able to experience his work forever, thanks to the Hamilton film that's on Disney Plus. Not that Hamilton is ever going to close IRL, (laughs) sure, um, sure. But if not, people can call it access. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. And even I mean, we've talked about that in terms of specifically for Hamilton, but like even watching the film, like these incredible lighting cues that mm-hmm. you don't really think about it that much unless you're in this industry and then lighting cues become like your entire life. Uh, but though certain things in that show, both as far as lighting and design as a whole, completely changed the look of the show and that is entirely how Binkley's work and you know as somebody who has done I mean I've done a decent amount of lighting design um, Mm -hmm. for shows in the past it is so hard and so creative I mean like it is as creative as choreography is in my opinion like because you are everything is at your disposal with lights, especially nowadays with LEDs and all of the different instruments that everybody has. Like you are given a blank palette. And what's different about maybe even choreography is, is that is, is working with the director and based on the text, you really do have the opportunity to create so many different things with lighting. Um, And what Hal Binkley did is, is just incredible. And I'm so glad that people are going to get a chance to relive that. And, and I think also we talk about Hamilton, but the other show we won a Tony for Jersey boys also uses Mm -hmm. lighting incredibly well. Um, So I highly, uh, highly recommend the next time you see either Hamilton or I think they're still touring Jersey boys. Um, but if you are able to just double check that the lighting that they're using for that is Binkley's, um, it really is fantastic. And Come From Away is great mm-hmm. as well. That's still on Broadway. Ain't Too Proud is still on Broadway as well. Um, so lots of his work still out there, both um, in New York and around the, the country yep. touring around the world as well. Uh, absolutely. All right, Ashley, let's move on to a topic that is only slightly less depressing. COVID-19. Yeah, right. (laughs) Last week, although this is some actually some good stuff to talk about. um, Last week, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that museums and cultural institutions will be allowed to reopen in New York City starting a week from today, Monday, August 24th. The catch is that they will only be allowed to open 
at a quarter of their normal occupancy. With timed ticketing required to keep the entrances distanced and safe, and face coverings will be required by everybody inside. Now, of course, this mainly applies to museums, and I don't even really right. know what else is considered a cultural institution, uh, but it's obviously not theaters. Uh, but I right. do think, actually, this is at least um, a strong step in the right direction. It definitely is. Yeah, we're not going to see people sitting around in seats for two hours at a time. For a bit, but this at least makes sense. I'm still antsy about anything that's indoors and probably will be for a very long time, but it's, it's certainly a plus to see things opening up again. I, the ones I will be visiting, some other kind of cultural institutions would be like botanical gardens, but those are all obviously exactly. for the most part outside, though I do think most of the botanical gardens also have an indoor part, so that's probably sure. also included in that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I have to at least be somewhat optimistic because <laughs> I'm not leaving New York anytime soon. So Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things, too, where it's it, – we know that this is all being done in phases. and right. And the fact that we are seeing things – phases happen that are getting closer to theater um, yeah. with cultural institutions. It's one thing when you see – Childcare and restaurants reopen sure, for outdoor sure. stuff. That's like okay, those are a little bit more necessary than cultural institutions. So right it's now still we're a talking ways about away. the arts, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it's still a ways away, but we are seeing incremental steps towards it. And actually, believe it or not, on Friday we got news of not one but two different shows that will yeah. be. I know will be beginning performances this month in New York yep. City. Yeah. Now, Again, both are outside, but the first is from the acclaimed downtown Obi-winning theater company here, which will present its, quote, free, intimate outdoor experience called Beast Visit. The audience will be limited to 13 people per day for what they are describing as, quote, a sunset encounter with a group of lonesome creatures currently living in a mysterious sculpture garden. The show will run from August 20th through the 22nd, and then again from the 25th through 27th. Then in Brooklyn, the team, which I feel like I've talked about quite a bit lately um, mm -hmm. with their play purview show, um, will co-produce Quince, which is an immersive take on a quinceanera. According to American Theater, who uh, broke the news, said, quote, Creators are integrating precautions against the spread of COVID-19 into the proceedings, including providing the audience with a colorful custom face mask and limiting audiences of 45 to seated groups of two to four, all set six feet apart from other groups. Quince will run just on August 21st and 22nd. We will have more information about both shows in the show notes. Um, when I first saw the title of this, I thought it was going to be some sort of riff on the Rude Mechanicals from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. Uh, who had Peter Quince. Um, it is not, yep. though. It is a, a, a quinceanera, which is probably, at this point, uh, more interesting because how many different riffs off Midsummer Night's Dream do we need? <laughs> Very Although, true. I love, yeah. I love me some Midsummer. Midsummer is my favorite is of it? Shakespeare, so yes. Yep, I, yep, it's yep. definitely up there. Uh, and Julie Taymor's version that was filmed oh, is so freaking yes. good. If you haven't seen that, see if you can find it somewhere. The Julie Taymor, it was done, I don't remember what company did. It was, it was an off-Broadway production. So inventive and so Julie Taymor. I love that one so mm -hmm. much. This is exciting news, though. 
I'm really I'm I'm trying to get to at least one of them. I don't know if I'll be able to get to oh, both of them. Yeah. Uh but I'm curious because I, I've certainly been doing things outside. Uh again, I'm yeah. really anxious about indoor stuff. And I even talked about on the show with Alicia the other day that I see um because they were talking about doing for uh Jesus Christ superstar in London. Mm-hmm. That's that right, Park. Sure, right? Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, I almost said Joseph, and I knew that wasn't right, but it still didn't feel right. Uh, but they're doing the screens for certain performances, and I even said that feels like what like Lincoln Center does for the Met, where they have screened performances while things are going on live inside. Yeah, I, and I I mentioned that I feel like that's probably going to be the closest first step we have. Oh, certainly, the first step what we're going to be having is outdoor performances, but for big performances and productions i expect something like that so this is a good start to getting to any kind of outdoor theater even though it's like really seemingly avant-garde stuff and obviously we're gonna have to start building to like seeing broadway again but as we just mentioned you know first steps are required and this is at least along the realm yeah and i don't think we're getting broadway shows outside um as we lead up to this but like probably not could you imagine if 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 the public decided to do a socially distanced performance at the Delacour? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that would be great. But in a similar vein, on Friday, the National Theater announced that they will be resuming socially distanced live performances in late October inside at one of their theaters, first with a new one-person play called Death of England, colon, Delroy, which will be performed with, by the uh, original West End Aaron Burr from Hamilton, Giles Torreira. Official dates will be announced shortly. But actually, like we said, well, these are mm-hmm. not across the board reopenings. But to me, they feel like little crocus heads popping out of the ground to tell us that things might yeah. be starting to spring <laughs> up soon or at least sooner hope rather so. than later. Yeah, hope so, at least. Yeah. All right. I have two recommendations for you. The first is a new single by the great Emmy nominee and Broadway favorite Titus Burgess. Mm, His new single is called Dance MF. Actually, what do you think MF (laughs) stands for? Uh, Not sure. Male, female? Yeah, obviously. How dare you? We don't do the gender binary. It's not me. It's Titus. I'm just trying to figure (laughs) out what MF stands for. Uh, Maybe we should ask Prince, because I think Prince had a... Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Get on that. Get mm -hmm. on that. Anyway... It's a great song. Um, it's it's kind of a dance uh, thing, and it was actually written specifically for Titus. Um, it's great. It, like Titus has released some really good music over the years, and some of it was it. funny yeah. from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But he's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Like he he's a amazing. Broadway star, baby, uh, uh, in Broadway baby. Um, but like his voice is insane. So I hope that oh, yeah. as you know. Kimmy Schmidt has now done and had its Choose Your Own Adventure movie. Like, I hope we get him back. Like, he's Please, so, so yes. freaking good. We're reclaiming him. I'm reclaiming my Titus. Thank you. Uh, happy, <laughs> hap- hey. happy birthday, Aunt, Aunt, uh, Auntie Maxine, because uh, it was her birthday on Sunday. But anyway, um, the other one here, Ashley, is a very short recommendation. It's actually just a okay. little clip from the song Grow For Me from the off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors featuring Jonathan Croft. Now, the reason that I am bringing this up is to say Uh, there uh was very clearly a film, a filmed version of Little Shop recorded, even if it was just for B-roll and for these things. But actually, I I believe you mentioned um, that I might have some 
thoughts on other shows that may or may not be coming to streaming services. Yeah, you did, in fact. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, mm-hmm. apropos of something. Is, uh, is, uh, this, this, uh, this in your brain? I mean, if I was going to go talk to Netflix and I would talk to them about screened performances, I would say, mm-hmm. feed me. That's what I would tell them. <laughs> um, and so I'm just saying, there might be multiple things at multiple streaming services, but if I was talking to Netflix, that's, that's what I would say. I feel like that'd be a good idea, considering there's supposed to be a movie remake and mm-hmm. Jonathan Groff. We just had Hamilton. Mm-hmm. People can't stop talking about him spitting all over the place. Oh I promise, having seen Little Shop, he spits. He spits. <laughs> I was in like row L or K or L, and I feel like I got hit. I was very near the back. Yeah. yeah. And certainly, they're a projectile. Man, so gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's Groff, so we love him. But, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, I love that production. It's I so love good. him so much. I would, you know, you know, Netflix, hey, I'm, how's it going? I'm just saying. You don't know me. You don't know me, but you could know me. Let's have a talk. <laughs> well, and I think we actually, I don't remember. I w- I'm assuming it was you and me. It might have been me and James. But, like, remember, we talked about back in January, they posted a thing for fans to come and watch a filming. And they said it, they're going to watch a filming, but we didn't know what it was at the time. Um, we thought maybe it was just for B-roll. Maybe it wasn't just for B-roll is all I'm saying. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. Fingers crossed. We'll but, all right. That is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, folks, don't forget tomorrow in this very feed, you will have a series finale Broadway radio style coming right. to you. You can get that first by heading over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. Very excited to uh, wrap up one of my favorite series in Broadway radio history. So Ooh. find out what that is tomorrow. All right, have a wonderful start to your week, everybody, and we will be back to talk to you on Tuesday. Tuesday.